0: What's up, wood Turners? My name is Braxton Worthland, and I'm joined tonight by my sincere co-host Mr. Carl Jacobson and our very special guest this evening, mr Kevin Richards how you doing guys?
1: I'm doing great. How about you guys I'm ah, doing
0: good How about you Kevin doing good
2: yeah doing good i I'm inside my office but i'm my am covered in sawdust, so it's a good place to be nice. um <laughs> I had to get some inspiration so I was turning before before we were recording today.
0: Nice. That sounds nice. good. Yeah. I was I was just getting my crock pot going before we were recording, so <laughs> <laughs> I need to go turn something after. I actually had somebody hit me up for they want fifty spools like for uh, lace or some kind of rib, like lace ribbon. But they want like a kind of a specific size.
2: Oh like a what is it called? A bobbin? I think.
0: Yeah. She called them <laughs> Rosie, hush. <laughs> She's mad about something.
2: Uh Rosie also our sincere co-host this evening. Yes.
0: Thank you, Rosie. <laughs>
1: keeping it real.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. This is real life here, with dogs barking and people walking by my back fence. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's a little bit of what I've had going on. Got some more stuff, but what about you, Carl? What have you been working on since the last time we talked?
1: Oh, I just, I made a, uh, apparently it's mesquite. I thought it was, uh, um, acacia wood, but... Uh, vase. I did a vase for last week's project. So that was kind of nice. I just had some beautiful sapwood and and artwood in it, so the color was really nice. Um, other than that, I just still working on the house. I'm right in the middle of cleaning up the whole bathroom, putting some wainscoting and chair rail in, and but not a and whole lot of other turning
2: and and you're doing like the pour over synthetic granite or, or the marble countertop stuff was that right
1: yeah yeah that was actually our bathroom we did redid the, the countertops in there and and just used the resin
2: and well, that's right it was like a stone coat or something right
1: yeah yeah it's super cool stuff you can color it any color you want i just i did like undermount sinks and i the whole like as far as the countertop goes, it's like I don't know, probably like ninety dollars to do the whole thing.
0: That's pretty awesome. So,
1: yeah, super reasonable and and uh yeah, yeah, nice
0: stuff. I really like that vase that you did. Was it a crotch piece? It looked like it kind of was, and then it had a little little bit of bark left, like a little bark inclusion.
1: Yeah, it it had one one limb coming off of it, so. There was still a little bit of that left when I was done, but it wasn't, like, full-blown, you know, mm-hmm. just two two main trunks. But, yeah, I did have a, a little limb coming off of it.
0: But nice. Yeah. That's cool. I would agree that it's mesquite, yeah. though, having looked uh, at it. I know. That would be to, my need, my
1: guess. <laughs> I need to go re- rename the video now. <laughs> no, I
0: think, doesn't that mess it up? I would just leave it, and then people will you'll get more comments, I'm telling you. You should have spelled the spelled the word wrong in the title too, so people.
2: No, that's not how you spell it. And is you, is that how you is that how you fish for more commentary? Yeah, drive you know, like, them up. I I've oh, heard boost the comments. Yeah, it, right, misspell I,
1: words. Yeah, right. When I first started doing YouTube videos, I at the very end of the video, I had a little disclaimer. You know, and and it said. um, it's something, I can't even remember what it says. Please, please be safe and follow all your manufacturer's guidelines. And it was like a little black screen that came up at the end of the video. I spelled manufacturers wrong. <laughs> and, and To this day, I still get people, uh, you're missing an eye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. a good way to do it. So what yeah. about you, Kevin? How, what kind of stuff have you been up to? What have you been working on?
2: Um, I have been, let's see, uh, today I've been trying to, I I got a coring system from a friend of mine a couple months ago, and I've been trying to kind of dial it in, and I think I figured it out, so before we got started, I had a big, uh, maybe 18-inch silver maple blank on my lathe, and one, two, three, I think I got three cores out of it, Uh, really excited, it's kind of one of those things, I'm I'm in my little shop by myself and it didn't blow up and I'm kind of mm-hmm. trying to high-five myself, <laughs> really yeah. excited about that. Uh, but but right now, this time of year, typically uh, I have a great big stock of dried bowls and I'm trying to finish as many as I can. Uh, it's November 1st, I'm trying to finish as many as I can before the end of this month when I'm going to try to sell them all mm-hmm. uh, that I made for the year. So. I don't have a huge pile of finished bowls, but I'm trying to get maybe another dozen or so every week uh, finished. Nice.
1: Yeah. And you just green turn them and then, then once they get dry, you finish.
2: Them. Yeah, yeah. So I twice, yeah, I twice turn bowls, so I'll rough them out. And then about a year later, um, but I, I have bowls from two or three years ago too that I still need to finish up and move out. Uh, the basement of my house, there's, I I like to say one room, but really I've spread out to two or three small (laughs) corners of the the basement that are just full of dried out, roughed out bowls, a couple hundred probably there. Um, And I get more wood all the time, but I'm trying to be good about just focusing on finishing um, what I have until I take more. So... I, I got more wood last week it, right after I say I try to be good and not take on more wood, but I picked up more maple last weekend. Uh, I bagged it up, so I'm going to get to it after Christmas probably. So end of the year, early next year, I'll, I'll get to it and start roughing that out for next Christmas.
0: Yeah, I, I know what you're saying about you try to be good and not not get any more wood because I have a lot of wood. and. Then this lady at the art guild uh, the other day was like, "Oh, I have this big giant elm tree that came down in my backyard." And like when a big tree comes down in Las Vegas, that doesn't happen too often. And she lives kind of down in the the heart of the city, near maybe like I don't know Charleston area and Alta if you're familiar with las vegas at all but kind of old old homes or like custom homes you know acre or two of land they've got really big trees on them they're you know built a long time ago when the strip was you know kind of first coming up but so you know i'm like oh yeah i just got this brand new chainsaw too i need to get over just there. got a new chainsaw <laughs>
2: that's right and i got
0: a coring yeah. tool also so i need to yeah have to give her a call
2: yeah
0: get over there and collect some more wood i guess
2: elm is good if that's what yeah. you've got i mean yeah i'll take it it's, it's yeah.
0: not my favorite but it turns all right
2: yeah i yeah. always
1: color it too and mm-hmm. do some different
2: things yeah, it. yeah. it smells kind of like a cow pasture yeah but aside from that it's, <laughs> it's pretty stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah she said it came down about a month ago so i want to get over there fairly quick and get it cut up hmm. yeah. yeah at least it hasn't been super hot in the past month so hopefully it's not like all cracked up worst case i just won't take any home and i won't have any more
1: yeah you say hasn't been too hot in Vegas? You mean <laughs> you
0: know,
1: still 95 though right
0: yeah <laughs> now the last week it was has been nice you know like low 70s oh wow. but before that it was warmer and warmer still before that so it's finally at the tail end of it.
2: Almost time to drain the swimming pool. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: sure. Well, I, I actually got it drained the other day, thanks to the help of rosie She <laughs> took a little bite out of the side. Oh
2: and... <laughs> no! Oh no! You're <laughs> your pool.
0: Yeah, it was like one—not a real deep one, but probably like eighteen inches. It was just for the kids, and I had like an oh, inflatable okay. ring around the top. But yeah, she just chomped it and. That was it. Helped me help me along in the uh, taking down the pool process. (laughs) I hadn't planned on doing yet, but yep, she's our our uh, quarantine puppy. We got her during the height of the quarantine, so it's been fun adjusting to that, having a new dog around. Nice, nice. Yeah, so thank you very much, Kevin, for joining us. I appreciate it. I know we've been friends for a little while, so it's cool to get you on the show. And uh, yeah. hopefully you're you're sitting down and buckled up and ready for some <laughs> some real hard hitting questions.
2: Buckle up, Buttercup. I'm yeah. ready. Great. Great, The gloves are
0: coming
1: off. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite color? You're gonna hit it hard. <laughs> yep. hmm. Oh, puce
2: probably.
1: <laughs> What's so, the complementary oh. to that?
2: Oh magenta uh (laughs) is there one of those made-up colors who knows um well shoot what what do you guys want to (laughs) know
0: well uh just to start off why don't you introduce yourself and you know tell uh all the listeners where they can find you and a little bit about you
2: oh yeah absolutely Uh, so my name's kevin richards i'm on instagram mostly uh richards woodcraft there i think i have a facebook page richards woodcraft as well um that hasn't been used in some time. Um, and never really started a YouTube channel, but maybe that's something in the future. Uh, I'm into bowl turning. I turn bowls and I'm into chainsaw milling. So if you've heard of me or know of me, that's probably because of one of those two things. Um, been teaching intro wood turning lessons about the past year or so, or at least I was until that shut down in March, uh, but the year prior to that. Um, but I do my best to work through a stock during the year and then I sell most everything I make um, end of November each year and uh, work through greenwood cut up slabs, maybe sell some slabs here or there. But um, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess, of uh, what I'm into and what I like to do.
1: You got into the, the milling pretty recently. You were turned turning a long time before you started doing that, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Wood turning was kind of the end all that I was really happy with. But as as are wood turning as you progress and as you get into bowl turning more and more, well, you decide at a certain point you want to stop buying wood. You want to stop going to the store and buying blocks of wood to turn into bowls. And uh, I had a friend help me buy my first chainsaw. Um, I don't know, maybe it was five, six years ago or so. And you use it up, and you use it to its capacity. And um, I, I had some some people on YouTube, I think I saw, that did some chainsaw milling. Uh, Matt Cremona, big on YouTube, but he did chainsaw milling. And then Tyler Hilliard, um, who I think used to manage woodcraft in Columbus, Ohio, but uh, they both posted stuff about chainsaw milling. And I thought, that that'd be neat even if I could just do small stuff. So I took my little chainsaw. And then I looked on the classifieds. I found a a little bit bigger one, and then that let me kind of get into it. And, it, uh, well, it became more of a gateway drug of, well, now I can I can mill something small. I'm really happy with this, but I, I'm not as satisfied as I think I could be.
0: That <laughs> seems yeah, like the way know. it goes with a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like I always get – you know, I'll get a tool. Ah, oh, this will be good. No, no, no. You should have just – Spend the money, get the biggest one you can get, be done with it.
2: Yeah, depending on kind of what route you want to go. Uh, a lot of people ask me about chainsaws, and I ask them, well, what do you want to do? I want to make, you know, I want to do wood turning. I want to do something like that. Well, that's great. What size lathe do you have? I have a 12-inch lathe. Great. Well, you you don't need anything more than a 20-inch bar for your chainsaw. Well, shouldn't I shouldn't I try to get a bigger one? Why? you know at a certain point i think it becomes like the the dog that chases the garbage truck what 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 are you going to do when you catch that garbage truck (laughs) like you're just (laughs) going to be in over your head at at a certain point so yeah do do you want to make big stuff do you want to get really really heavy into it or do you want to be satisfied with where you're at right now
0: yep that makes sense that's hard to say too when you first get into it you know you might not like it, or you might be really into it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always a hard question when somebody asks things like that, like, Oh, what's the one thing I need? Or what's the best thing to get to start out? Well, I mean, it depends on you. A lot of personal
1: preference. Right. Yeah. Depends on what you want to do in turn. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and turn. Yeah. And then getting whatever you have and then using that to its full capacity. Um, I made a lot of excuses for myself for not doing something because I didn't have the biggest or best. And then I've, I've gotten really good at coming to terms with that of, uh, I haven't bought a new tool unless I'm using the one I have to its capacity and maxing out what I've got. Um, So that leads to bigger lathes, bigger chainsaws, bigger machines and things Mm -hmm. like that.
0: Yep. Uh, so, what kind of got you into wood turning? What sort of led you down the road to becoming a wood turner? Were you into making things growing up, or any kind of high school classes?
2: That's that's a good question. I, I in in teaching these classes a lot of time I ask them uh, these students what brought this on, and most of the time it seems like a lot of these people that take a class. They say, well, I, I took middle school shop, or I took high school shop. I never did any of that. Um, I was never quite really handy growing up or anything like that. I uh, did a lot of photography classes in high school. Maybe that gave me more of an artistic eye towards things and a uh, appreciation for quality and beauty. Um, year, years ago, after college, a friend of mine had carved me a small wooden spoon for a birthday present. And it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't terribly ornate, but someone had taken the time to sit down with me in mind and, and create this thing. And and I thought that was spectacular. And I guess I had never given a lot of thought towards something handmade but really meaningful. Um, and so I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to I carve spoons for people. That sounds pretty neat. So I bought some carving tools, and I went to the lumber store, and I bought some boards. And I tried to carve them into spoons, and I quickly realized that I I have no direction, but also not the right tools for it. Um, and so I bought a Dremel tool, and I was like, "Well, here, power tools. I can I can make spoons with this now." Um, and at the time, I was doing road construction, and I was living in Idaho, and I'd I, I'd want to get to a certain uh, I want to make something like you know I I like doing this, but I'd really like to be able to do this or round over these corners that I have. And this boss of mine grew up, and he was very handy um, with his experience. So he said, "You know what? You ought to get. You ought to get a. You got to get yourself a router, because then you can round over those edges." And I thought, "Yeah, all right." So I bought a router, <laughs> bought a handful of bits, and then all of a sudden I could round over these edges. And you know, I wish there were ways that I could cut these corners here. And well, you know what? You ought to get. You ought to find a miter saw. And that would do that. So I, I think a lot of you know where this is going. And you've probably had the same experience too. Is I kept buying tools and tools and carving more and more spoons. Uh, and got a scroll saw and some other things. But um, I, I was watching YouTube videos. I found a Carl Jacobson video years ago. Um, and you were turning a small bolo little bowl. And I, I thought that's that's it. That's what I want. If I could do that, then I'd be happy. <laughs> and it, it bowls, that's that's where, that's where the next stage is at. And found on the classifieds, uh, still new in box, Delta MIDI lathe. I think it's 10 inch. It was a 10 inch and it was the belt change. Carl, I think you had a dial change for the speed, yeah. but mine was a belt change. And... I, I use the crud out of that. Um, I still have it somewhere it's in pieces, but I used it to its absolute limit. Um, and I buy blocks of wood off of eBay, just exotic uh, wood pieces. And I bought a carbide cutter uh, with a handle on, on eBay, I think, at the time, and just digging out these exotic wood little candy dishes and sanding them up. And uh, I I loved it they They were not good. If I had the chance, um I think eventually after a year or so of that, a year or two of that, I think I started getting into it where I'd sell those little dishes to friends of my parents and friends of friends. I really wish I could track all those people down and buy those back and say i'd I'd love to I'd love to you use you, you, let me keep the money, but let me give you something better. but I want that that crummy bowl that I made you years ago back. Um, I'm and, sure and those then,
0: people love those crummy hills too, <laughs> and it's part of your story.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, I I met my wife. Uh, she was in Utah. Uh, we started dating. I'd come down. Eventually, moved here. Uh, started work. Started apprenticing for a a fine woodworker doing furniture for a couple months and learning how to use a jointer, planer, bandsaw, table saw, and, and uh, his his best friend had a lathe. And I thought, that's. I, I, I'm enjoying the flat work, I'm enjoying the furniture stuff, but I, I really want to get into more of this wood turning stuff. Um, got a job at Woodcraft, uh, met other people, made friends that did this a lot better than I was. And um, a good friend of mine, Kevin Hicks, uh, best friend now, uh, he came into the store and he was turning full time and he kept saying hey you say you got to stop by my shop if you're into wood turning you got to see what I'm doing at at home and so i went over and i brought him this uh, my 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 newest latest and greatest bowl that i had made on my lathe at home and i showed it to him and he said you know that's a really good looking dog bowl and <laughs> and it broke me a little bit but he was absolutely right if you imagine a dog dish it's just kind of you know square on the edges and it's dished on the inside because when you buy a piece of wood from somewhere your first thought is i spent 15 dollars on this piece of wood i don't want to waste it i don't want to cut all that away Um, but he was the first to really pull me aside and critique me to say well here let let, let me let me show you how to do some of these things so i started learning to use a ball gouge started to actually cut instead of scrape wood and that was a bit of a watershed moment that blew the doors off of, I guess stage one to stage two, Kevin Richard's wood turning, <laughs> and being able to have control of cuts to um, I, I think a lot of times starting out, people will say, um, you know, well, how do you come up with your shapes?" and you give them some sort of artistic cop-out, like, well, I let the wood speak to me, I start cutting it, and then I, I see what, what's underneath, and then I follow that. But really, it's because, gosh, I don't know where this tool's going to go when I put it in that wood. <laughs> um, but being able to use a bowl gouge, being able to sharpen tools, uh, that, was, that was a big change. And then Kevin uh, Hicks also helped me to get my first chainsaw and then once that happens, you stop buying wood altogether. Um, yeah, and then from there, I think you just, you make a few hundred more bowls and you start getting a little bit better and a little bit more refined in your shapes and and uh, your technique.
0: With all these bowls you make, like, do you ever have any ones that you're just like, ah, oh, I love this so much, I can't get rid of it, I want to keep them all? Or, or are they all kind of like, yeah, well, just this is, you know, a means to... You know, make a little extra money and support my wood turning habit, or my family, <laughs> or whatever. Or, or do you have some that you're just like, ah, I hate to see them go.
2: That's the thing about you start with gateway drugs, then you then you get into harder drugs <laughs> where you're doing some of these bigger balls, these bigger pieces. Um, I used to. where at the end of the season. I'd have I'd have a couple that I think I really want to keep this, or I really maybe this one goes to my mom this year um and you kind of get over that once it becomes a little bit more of a job maybe and it starts paying some bills even uh that it would be really nice to hang on to this or it'd be really nice to you know use this around the house hell i have so many bowls around the house (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's few days that my kid doesn't eat out of something made of wood um just just uh, for the fun of it but we have a lot at home yeah, yeah, and i I think about it less and less. Maybe it's more that I want to offer it to you know someone that otherwise wouldn't be able to. Uh, that That's one of the cool things about wood turning for any sort of a living or for money is that the price is pretty subjective. And if you put it into some formula, maybe it took you a little bit more time, and so it should cost more. I, I'm working a full-time job. I have a boring desk job that I work forty hours a week. so, this is a little bit of fringe that helps to support my wood turning crack habit um, mm-hmm. and more tools for next year, bigger, better shop or something like that. But it, it also it, it does pay some bills here or there.
1: I have stuff all over the house, too, but I don't know. I I I put it, uh, some of it up for sale on Etsy, but every once in a while I'll make something and Robin just won't let go of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, we're we're going to keep that one for a year or two and then then you then you can sell it.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe my wife says this one this one maybe we we set aside or this yeah. one we hang on to, but that's I think the more bowls I make the that's fewer and far between.
0: <laughs> I've noticed that as well with all like I would have a sh- I had a sh- couple shelves, you know, just full of stuff. And then even a shelf in the garage that was kind of like either like a reject shelf or a like in process kind of shelf. And now being at the gallery and i need to have things to sell. I'm like those shelves are bare now. I'm like i maybe i really don't care too much about this exact piece as i did when i turned it. So i'll put it in here and make some money off it and you know <laughs> make some yeah. room for something that i love for a little while and then i'll put it back in the gallery or whatever. But and that's working out well too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you selling your pieces through a gallery?
0: Uh-huh, yeah, huh. Yeah. That's where i sell pretty much a majority of everything. I don't do too many like anything online, a whole lot is mostly in person at that gallery. So people come in and pick stuff up, which is, I think, really helpful.
2: And and then Carl, you said so. Braxton, you're doing gallery mostly. Carl, you have an Etsy page that you post here or there, yeah. and are are those mostly projects that you do, in like, your videos? And then afterwards, well, let's part out with it.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's mostly it's it's those pieces. I but the majority of stuff up there are. um the Ford I, the paint chips I turn mm-hmm. or I turn or make stuff out of, I, I make uh, keychains and car collectors and people that are, you know, car clubs, they seem to really love those. So I I do a batch of 20 or 40 of them every few months and oh. sell those. But yeah, um, I don't know if it, it, on the weekly project videos, if it's something I really, really like and like the way it turned out, I, I put it up on the Etsy store. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. some of them are, you know, it's the first time I've done it. So, I, you know, it probably did not turn out, I guess, good enough for me to put up there and go, hey, buy, you know, you want to buy this when it's not something I, you know, am totally happy
2: with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I used to do at my Etsy store and the idea was like every November I'd load it up with everything that I made. I'd take pictures and write descriptions and price them out. And it was just such a hassle to like figure out the shipping and stuff like that, and you know pack it up and and ship it if it was after work or trying to scramble to do that. Um, Etsy their their prices went up a little bit for what they're taking. I I know it's just a little bit, but it's like two cents on the dollar or something like that. Yeah. Um, but a little bit. I think this year I might just uh, post it all on my Instagram instead. Um, I think on your profile, there's the bubbles underneath like your story, but you can have saved items and pictures and maybe I'll just have them with a price. And, uh, you know, when they're sold, I'll take them off of there. But people know and then you could just, I don't know, ship it and figure that out or go through Venmo instead. Um, Past couple years, I've been I've been really happy. There's a there's a handful of people locally that always say. Um, I'd really love you to let me know when you have stuff this next year. And so I, every year, about this time, I put everything I have out on every flat surface in my living room <laughs> and dining room and maybe another room, and a couple people have come over, and uh, they'll buy you know a dozen or so bowls from me, which is quite quite a bit. Um, uh, but I think it's worth it to give them first crack at it every year. And then that <sighs> that thins the herd and makes shipping a lot easier if I have less to worry about for something like that.
1: Yeah. 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 There's a guy here in Oregon, uh, uh, worldwide burls mm-hmm. and he, he sells wood, maple, mostly a lot of maple bro and stuff, but he's, he sells everything on Etsy. He just, wow. he puts it up there and it's, it's, he just has, it's like an auction and he does mm-hmm. it every day. So, that's how he's selling all of his stuff, is right there. Wow.
2: Worldwide Burl.
0: Yeah. Uh, is that the guy who had the TV show, like Burl Hunters? He was at the. No. Oh, that's somebody uh, else?
1: Yeah, somebody else. This guy's okay. right here in Al- Albany. Um, no, the, yeah, yeah, that guy's down in Southern Oregon. Gotcha. Um
0: I remember him from uh, the, the Stone Coat countertop. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I forget what. Dang it. What was it called? The, I forget what it was called. But the, it was you came Burl down and talked about it.
1: Yeah 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 you greg doll yeah yep that's it yeah yeah um but no this guy is is up here by me I in fact i went and got some wood from him a while back um but yeah he he uh he's on instagram and he, you know i mean you could even do that you know put 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 something up there and the starting bid is this and i mean i see his stuff all the time people are bidding on it and buying yeah. it and <laughs> you know
0: yeah, is, so is Etsy mainly how you sell most of your stuff, Kevin?
2: Um, it, it was in the past. Uh, last year, I think just with the sake of we, we moved and we had some other things going on, and so I didn't have as much. So I I just sold most everything in person. And this year it'll probably be in person. And then I'm, I'm just going to post everything on Instagram this year instead. Uh, that's been good to me in the past. And so local people can arrange to pick it up or I can uh, arrange to just kind of add in the fee of shipping and that's the thing there's paypal there's venmo there's there's pretty good ways to exchange money nowadays Mm -hmm. instead of trying to go through a third party to pay with a credit card so i think this year that's that's what i'll end up doing
0: and then what kind of stuff like do you sell mainly like your bread and butters bowls or is there like do you do any other kind of stuff or
2: uh so uh the, the it was about a month, month and a half ago or so, and pri- primarily I'll sell bowls uh, at the end of the year, salad bowls, and a little bit smaller than salad bowls. I like to have a range of small bowls that anybody that wants something that I that I make can buy for $20, $25 for a small bowl, a small candy dish. And then this year, I'd, I'm probably going to have a couple $200, $200 plus bowls this year uh, because I have... A bigger lathe, I can make bigger stuff, and and they're pretty fantastic, and they're going to be the kind of thing that maybe your kids are going to fight over after you're gone if you buy it, and that's really what I'd like to, like to make a lot of. Um, I, I was saying about a month, month and a half ago or so, there was a big storm locally, that knocked over a lot of trees. There were three thousand trees in Utah that fell over, they didn't break, but just uprooted and knocked over. So for about a month or so. Uh, a bit of my time. And again, I'm kind of in this crunch time of the year where I feel anxious about finishing as much as I can to to have available for people to, to buy at Christmas. But I've been doing a lot of chainsaw milling for hire. Um, I have my own slabs that are in the back back of my yard drying um, under tarps and things like that, that maybe I'll make something out of someday or sell off to local woodworkers. Uh, but gosh, i I I made a bit of money uh, chainsaw milling the past month and a half. Uh, Yesterday, I was milling black walnut for someone a couple miles away that knew a friend of mine. And um, it's been nice. I used to do it for the sake of, you know, I'll show up, I'll do it and we'll split the wood. And then at a certain point you start acquiring what I call these shame piles in my backyard, or just these piles <laughs> of wood that take up way too much space and they're gonna be there for two or three years at least. Um, and and I, I I got smart and realized if I came up with a way just to let them know what the charge for milling would be. And so <laughs> that's been advantageous. It put me about a month behind on where I'd like to be for bulk production, but it also certainly made up for that in what i would have made otherwise i think um yeah mostly bulls if i can i'll try to squeeze weekend of just knocking out a bunch of pens i don't love turning pens i i taught it i taught pen turning for a year and i think that's certainly a gateway drug um, but you're turning a cylinder i don't think there's a whole lot of artistic value or thought that goes into it it's a process but Honestly, it's a great money maker. Um, when I taught pen turning a couple, you know, this past year, I'd start and I'd ask everyone in the class why they were taking this class for me. And when it would get back around the circle to me, I'd explain, well, a couple years ago, I would always make bowls and sell them around Christmas time. And then this one year, uh, my wife, she started getting really sick and um, and so I wasn't able to get out of the house as much to go down to the shop and, and make bowls because she was sick quite a bit. And c- come to find out, there was this small parasite growing inside of her. And nine months later, we had my son. <laughs> and uh, but, but during that time that I, y- you know, I, I didn't want to leave the house as much. I didn't want to go drive 20 minutes to my shop space and make bowls. I wanted to be at home and i just had a small lathe at home and so i think i spent a hundred dollars on pen kits a couple weeks later i sold them and I, I had 500 or so and it wasn't as much as typically i would have made that year making big bowls but at the same time like it paid for christmas it paid for us to you know do some things that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to so uh, pens bowls and then cutting slabs um it's easy to say hey your wife would love to have a salad bowl for christmas yeah you're you're absolutely right hey you know what your grandpa wants your grandpa wants a big piece of wood that isn't made into anything yet maybe i'll market that but for the time being um if you're looking for slabs i have a couple
0: nice i need to make a trip up there yeah get some of that windfall wood that's right so, talking about teaching yeah. a little bit, uh, what's what uh, what got you into? It? How did you start teaching, or why did you want to kind of start teaching rather than just continue to turn wood? What what is your like? Why did you want to t- show you know introduce people or? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, w- wood turning is really cool. One thing that was pointed out to me by a friend is. It's pretty cool to go into your shop with a piece of wood and just some time and come out with a finished product. It's also a very solitary uh, operation that you do. Like it's not a team effort. You're not. <laughs> there's not two people at the lathe trying to do this one cut. It's it's always just you. And usually when it's just me in my shop, I had he- I've had I have headphones on and I'm just listening to a podcast or something like that. Um, With the teaching, um, like I said, my friend Kevin Hicks was managing um, a store at the time and asked me if I would help him with the bowl turning class. We had a big workshop and his classes were filling up. And honestly, if you have six or seven people taking a bowl turning class for the first time, it's tough to keep everybody safe and also do kind of a big project you could do a small project and make sure everyone's on the same page but it was it it was worthwhile for him to hire me out for a saturday to help with a ball turning class and then he said you know would you be interested in taking over the ball turning class would you and i thought that that seems like a, a tall order um and he said well what about pens and i thought i can pens is my speed i could handle that it's been a while since I made some pens, but and um, gosh, I was terrified the first couple classes, uh, made me sick, kept me up at night, and I showed up <laughs> a couple hours early to make sure I was prepared, and um, the the previous teacher before he moved, Raleigh Lockhart, um, he gave me some really good advice that if you go into the class and if you imagine, he said, Kevin, imagine you know 100, give them eight. Don't try to give them 70. Don't try to give them 80. Y- you're going to go into it, and you're you're probably going to want to explain more than they need. But this is their first go. Give them like eight, maybe, and that made sense to me. So we're going to use a roughing gouge. I'm going to show you how to approach this safely, and um, the the cool thing about teaching, if you think wood turning is so niche, there are people on instagram on youtube there's these rabbit holes you fall down people that are really into stamp collecting and that has never interested me at all but if you sit down with someone and ask them why are you so excited about this Um, a a class like pen turning is an opportunity for me to sit down with people and explain to them "I, i i need to show you instead of explain to you why this is so good for me why this has been such a neat part of who I am today is wood turning and woodworking. And you're going to get a taste of that in today in our class. And on the tail end, you have some people that say, well, you know, that was nice. That was a bit of money that I spent to make this pen. Uh, don't know if I do it again. And you have other people that that will message you that night that will text you and say, so what kind of lathes should I buy? or You said you make bowls what kind of chainsaw do i need should i buy a bandsaw and i am friends with dozens of those people that took class (laughs) and they are absolutely um in it to win it now and uh they they I, i guess maybe a bit of that excitement that i had was um contagious to them
0: yeah i got to uh, also assist you on one of those pen classes too which was a lot of fun after i took that class up there at craft supplies on basket weave you let me come in and
2: oh right uh, the doug schneider class
0: mm-hmm, yeah and yeah. then yeah.
2: doug schneider stopped by yeah you were teaching mm-hmm, yeah and then i cool sat though. everybody down everyone we got a very special guest today doug schneider's here <laughs> making an appearance and... <laughs> and they were like
0: who's that guy
2: <laughs> yeah I, I i came to find in teaching just to be show up and be over prepared um to the tenth degree so um, if you made a pen you take a piece of wood you drill it out you rough out a what a brass tube you epoxy it in you do all these things to get to where you have a cylinder ready to turn a block of wood ready to turn um, and so what I do is the night before the week before i would I would drill out an epoxy in at least enough for every student in my class to have three just to begin with. And so, hey, we only have two and a half hours for this evening class we're doing. My goal is to make sure everyone has two of these done. Uh, I I had a terrible class uh, early on where I had uh, someone gave me a bunch of some sort of pine burl. And there were some younger guys in the class, and there were some older guys in the class. And all the younger guys got this straight grain hardwood, all the older guys got this pine burl. And as they were making these cuts, inevitably, all of the burl just blew up. And so I, I was scrambling the whole class trying to find it, and I didn't have any others glued up. So I thought from then on it will alleviate all of my stress if i just have you know enough for everyone to keep doing you could blow up three pens and still have plenty to do during the hmm. class time
0: yeah that's cool
2: <laughs> what is cheap uh replacement pen tubes that's cheap uh pen kits that's where it it starts to add up oh,
1: yeah well, that's cool yeah we need to get back down there too where are been a, about a year right
2: since yeah a year memory. last month i think it showed up on my memories uh hosted uh robin yeah. and carl they came through town um let's see do we have i don't know do we have time for story story time sure i let's i, I was. <laughs> I, I I was I was a huge fan Carl Jacobson's YouTube channel, and my wife just she understood that there was this weird thing I was really into wood turning, and Carl Jacobson was like, oh man, every week that new video comes out, and Kevin wants to tell me about it, and I do not care. <laughs> um, and and anyway, um, Carl, wait, do you, you want to pick up and and run yeah. with it at all? Okay, please. Yeah.
1: So year, years ago kevin used to leave comments on the videos or message me and and uh but his his like channel name or on instagram and and uh uh youtube was it's richard richard woodcraft and so i almost thought his name was richard and i he, i would be answering back thank you very much richard you know and this went on for i don't know how long but one day i get an email and it's from his soon-to-be wife <laughs> she asked me if i could buy if she could buy a, a vase a little hollow form vase joined to give it to kevin as a wedding gift and she said that and i go oh my god i didn't realize his name was kevin he never corrected me he would just always you know go on about her business <laughs> and so i told her no you can't buy one I, I will mail you one though and i set it down and um um, so the next time he left a comment on there, I, I, uh, said, thank you very much. Gavin.
2: <laughs> so, so 10 minutes before I get married, my wife hands me this, this, uh, postal service package. I open it up and there's this little beautiful hollow form of myrtle wood. And I, I'm just, you know, my eyes are watering. I, granted I cried during my wedding ceremony also, but I was getting <laughs> teared up about, oh my gosh. And, and I'm looking at this and I was like, thank you so much. This is such a thoughtful and i said wait are you the reason carl called me kevin last time in an email (laughs) and she said yeah that is me also (laughs) um and then uh carl and robin came through utah last year and so uh uh, they stopped by and we had a backyard fire and had the shop open and got a dozen people or so over to to stop by and say hi and sign the sign the mobile workshop and uh awesome I, I think i think we had a lathe running a little bit to turn some tops and some other things during the evening too but yep, yep. we we should have a yearly uh carl and robin jacobson appreciation <laughs> night at my house you're all invited uh,
0: i'm in
2: <laughs>
1: oh yeah it was a lot of fun it was super fun
0: yeah
1: yeah we need to get back down there yeah well that's that's cool to hear about you know all the different things that you went through to get into turning and now you, you know, just kind of work through and landed on that.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. The The teaching has been pretty meaningful. Um, e- even with chainsaw milling, it, it's kind of funny, be it, but that's, that's kind of my peaceful, quiet place, I guess on a existential plane is that when I'm, when I have my earmuffs on and running a big saw and cutting a, a big log open for the first time, that's, little bit of a sacred space mm-hmm. yeah it's <laughs> but, exciting yeah and you kind of have this opportunity to salvage something that otherwise would just end up going to the chipper somewhere and becoming mulch
0: yep yep that is uh always one of the fun parts for me is cutting into a piece for the first time you can see it like uh, this is, it's never seen the light of day before you know what i mean this piece of wood that's just been growing inside this tree uh wrapped in bark forever and now get to cut it open and see what it looks like all the colors and different things like that grain patterns yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: i i was milling a black walnut log for someone yesterday for hire and after the first cut i handed the the homeowner i handed them this brush that i bring because i lifted the top piece and then i said so i want you to brush off the sawdust this is the whole this is the best part of the whole day is is the, this is the reveal. This mm-hmm. is the part that you you take your phone <laughs> out for to take the video. And he's like, "Oh, okay." And so he brushed it off and his wife came out and I said, "It's not spectacular like this black walnut right now. There's there's bright greens and purples and all that is going to oxidize in the next 10 or 15 minutes and you get to experience but the next time it's seen it's just going to be this chocolate brown color. And they were not on board. <laughs> I, I was a little butt hurt because they were like, "Oh, well, all right, uh, so you're going to keep going?" Yeah. yeah. No, I'll, I'll I'll keep going. That's yeah. fine. Just sorry uh, for the
0: interruption.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let us know if when you you're were done. Re- <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me know if you need anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But it, again, it kind of comes back to that. There's people that are going to get it. There's people that aren't going to get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. I'm sure they're into something else that's cool, but different, but not as cool right. as what we do. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I just I, I love all the different, you know, woods and all the different colors and patterns and everything. I, I uh, sold a bowl one time and it was uh, Mapleboro. And it was mm-hmm. probably, I'm going to say, like 15, close to 20 years ago. And it was a, at a little art show over at the beach. And I, to this day, I'm convinced the guy bought it because he did not believe it was real wood. <laughs> wow. he, he was literally had never seen anything like that. And it was mm. just he was just fascinated with it, that it was actual wood. And he mm. bought it. That's wild. Went back to California. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's pretty cool though
2: yeah. it yeah. Y- you know and and there's people that will go and say, Well, why would I pay eighty dollars for a bowl that i could i could i I could go buy a bowl that would do the same thing for three mm-hmm. dollars right. yeah absolutely can you, you don't get it and yeah, so this right. bowl this bowl isn't for you because you don't get it, and that's okay mm-hmm. um, yeah. but but I appreciate that i mean the the maple burrow that you had it was a living thing it had a story it had a life before that um Everything that I make th- this this year, everything that I've made this year, I know where the tree came from. Hell, I I cut it up. I was there. Um, and I, I don't fell trees. I don't cut them down. But when the log's on the ground, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, yeah. And then once you go into it and explain, I, I showed up. I cut the log in half. I threw it in the back of my truck. I took it home. I sectioned it out. I roughed it out. Uh, it's been waiting a year and a half to get to the point where I finished it. And now, now it's here. It's taken a long journey to get here. Um, but I think that has more meaning and more value than just the utilitarian aspect of it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what kind of lathe do you turn on? We didn't ask you that. I know you got a new one recently. What do you got?
2: Yeah. So I think the evolution of things, they had the Delta MIDI for a while. Um, I, I bought a little Jet 10-inch lathe from from a friend for a while, so I had that in my shop, too. Um, I rented a shop space for a couple years that had a Laguna Platinum 18-inch lathe, so that let me turn bigger stuff. Um, I think the Platinum was the series before they had the Revo, which is the newer. Um, and then, this past year, I bought a... Nova 1624, which was the belt change Nova. I was happy with it. I got it for a really good deal, um, but I knew I would outgrow it quickly. And after a couple months, I was turning some bigger stuff, but I could only do 16 inches on it. And I found a deal for a Nova, um, what is it, a DVR. It's a 2024, so I can turn 20 inches wide for bowls. And at the time it popped up on the classifieds, I called the lady and uh, and it was, it was a really, really good price. And I know that there have been other lathes that are smaller than this for that amount of money that have been sold, I didn't buy it, and I kicked myself for it. So I didn't wanna go behind anyone's back and just like spend the money or take the money from an account or something like that. So I told my wife, hey, I I seriously want to pursue buying this lathe maybe the end of this week. And I told her how much, and she said, well, Kevin, we actually don't have that much money that we can just spend towards the lathe right now. And I said, I know, I know, I know. But if I can sell, and I thought about it, two of my lathes and like three slabs this week, I can buy it on Friday. And she said, well, more <laughs> power to you. And so <laughs> I posted on my stories and on my Instagram, hey, I've got some stuff for sale, folks. And um, a generosity of, of a great community. I was able to buy that lathe on Friday. Nice. So um, it's, yeah, DVR 2024. I'm really happy with it. I've since gotten a woodcut coring system, um, Vic Mark Chuck. Uh, I really like the setup that I have, and I I don't think that I'm gonna outgrow it for a while. It'd be nice to have a giant Vicmark 3L 300, but I I think I'm I'm pretty satisfied with what I have right now. Braxton, you asked me what lathe I have, and I I wanted to tell you about my life story. So <laughs> Sorry good enough. Build some time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it sounds like a good setup, though. So you don't really yeah. turn spindles at all if you've only got a 24 inch uh, bed length, right? Or how I don't know how no, exactly yeah. the whole bed is. But
2: no, I mean I'll, I'll do pens on it, but I I don't know I can do much more than that. Right. Uh, I I turn I could turn some baseball bats on the Laguna lathe before. Gosh, if I'm a, I, I consider myself a bull turner. Turning bats is about the hardest thing <laughs> because turning a long spindle, you get the chatter in the middle if you're not cutting mm-hmm. with your bevels at all. So um, yeah, just short stuff. And I, I like short stubby lathes like that that are kind of stout. Um, I built a platform out of some three by three, um, I guess, post in the bottom of the lathe and then I've stacked stacks and stacks of wood so it's several hundred pounds more than it it would be otherwise. Uh, Weight is going to be your biggest friend if you want to turn anything off center Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, Big expensive lathes, they're all really heavy. So if you don't have a big expensive lathe but you want to do some stuff, that's one of my first pieces of advice is you want to bolt that sucker down to a heavy bench. If you don't have a heavy bench, put some weight into it because that'll make a big difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first one I I put plywood on the sides of the the legs and frame and filled it with sand. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yep. Yeah. yeah, I had a, <laughs> it was a Delta. Um, yeah, and I just the little the, the legs on it are just like super thin ten. Mm-hmm. So I just like I put plywood in there and caulked it all, and then just poured sand right down the bed into the top, mm-hmm. of it, filled the whole thing. Perfect.
2: Wow. That's a heavy lathe.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my Harbor Freight one, I used to just have to put my foot on it when I started dancing. I yeah. It in, kind of ride the wave. come on, come
1: on, come on.
2: Right, you lean go. your hip really hard against it, or, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I've known other people that have, uh, they've put, what, like, concrete anchors into their shop floor, um, and then you could do that straight in through the leg feet or you could use uh, you could get four hockey pucks put them under the feet and then you kind of give that for a little bit of dampening but it's bolted down to to your shop floor but <laughs> yeah the extra weight and you start out with a harbor freight lathe that's awesome that's awesome but you got to kind of give it some upgrades after a while Yep. um
0: all right so i got some S- some questions for you here some rapid fire <laughs> <laughs> what's the best place to get a hamburger in salt lake in your opinion
2: C- crown burgers that's the, the correct b- answer yes, yeah so the pistrami crazy. crown burger <laughs> um yeah like you feel it. it it it's not a good lunchtime place because you have it and then you're like this is so good i want to take a nap mm-hmm. now <laughs> And if you have the rest of the day to work, that's not it's not a good setup. But that's the right answer.
0: Yeah, I always try to go there every time I'm there. <laughs> What's your favorite Salt Lake activity that's not like wood turning or anything? You're going out with the family or whatever. What do you like to go out and do?
2: If you're willing to take a drive, if you go north it, in the Great Salt Lake, there's a art installation from back in I want to say the '70s, but someone will correct me called Spiral Jetty. And Spiral Jetty is this uh, spiral curly queue of basalt lava rock that is put out into the Great Salt Lake years ago. And right now the water level's so low you can you can walk out on it and stuff. But it, it's kind of a cool point to go to the Great Salt Lake, and then you have this there too. But nice. a couple hours drive. Anyway, rapid-fire question. I'll try to be more rapid-fire with my answers. Uh,
0: That's cool. I also would have accepted the Hogle Zoo.
2: I would have accepted that also. (laughs) Damn fine zoo. Um,
0: Where's where's the best place to get Mexican food in Salt Lake?
2: Uh, My wife and I got married six years ago. Uh, We got married at Liberty Park in the Tracy Aviary. And part of it was... uh, So... The way people describe it, the taco cart, there's two taco carts in the old Sears parking lot because Sears has been <laughs> out of business there for years, mm-hmm. but the parking lot's still there and you can still see the faded Sears sign. But on State Street, the taco cart, we, we rented that out. Uh, they showed up at our wedding. Um, so that's the best place to get Mexican uh, that I am aware of. I'm sure maybe there's something better, but that's where I'm going to point you to. Taco cart in the old Sears parking lot. I also
0: I also would have accepted the blue iguana. That place is really good too.
2: If you like your mole, I that's do. Where you go,
0: I like that place. But yeah, uh, Liberty Park. I used to go and, and ride BMX. I had a friend who had a house across the street from Liberty Park. It was on South 700 or East 700 South, right Mm there. We used to ride up and then go to the university and ride around all over there. Oh, cool.
2: Big trees fell over there last month. I bet.
0: Yeah. There's always some really big ones. I like that aviary, too. The Tracy aviary is fun. Last time I was up there, we went with my family.
2: Um. The joke was, "Hey everybody, we're getting uh, married at the at the bird zoo, the aviary. Bring an umbrella." <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Just kidding. That's cool. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, uh, what's this? See, give me your your Mount Rushmore. Give me your Mount Rushmore of woodturners. Uh,
2: before <laughs> b- before you think of it, I'd I'd probably say Glenn Lucas and Mike Mahoney okay. up there, and then after that, I think I'd blank out on names uh, richard Raffin i think would be in the pile uh the past virtual symposium that we had uh phil i want to say phil irons i was really impressed with his demos um and what he's doing um in in my book i i started out my first teachers carl um, on youtube mike waltz in the uk who's a great woodturning teacher on youtube alan stratton local to me who i've since gotten to meet and I was like awestruck of, oh, I've seen all your YouTube videos for a lot of them. Um, and then Kevin Hex locally is kind of my wood turning guru that I go to with um, for solutions of problems that I have. Um, I would love to take a class for Mike Mahoney and, and Glenn Lucas someday. They're formidable bowl turners and I, I would love to pick their brain on how they're so productive.
0: Those were good ones for sure. Thanks. Yeah, I would like to take a class with that. Uh... And
2: you too, Braxton. You're on the Mount Rushmore. Right, You're I'll the be Mount the new Rushmore. one that they had. Right. <laughs> I, have, I have I have. my Braxton bowl. Hey, cool. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: I think that was a piece of wood you gave me too.
2: It was. I, I gave you the wood. You made a bowl and gave well, it back to me. Uh-huh. As a, <laughs> that's
0: how it goes. That's I still have, have a little blank that you or a roughed out blank you gave me from Amy Gregg. I still need to. Mm-hmm. rough that one out. Now I have a small Vic Mark. I have the VicMark 100, the little chuck. So mm-hmm. I'll be able to easily, more easily rough that one out because the it's about as big around as the size of a tenon that you need, so. that's It's yeah. just been sitting on the shelf waiting.
2: <laughs> waiting for this day.
0: Hopefully I can do it justice. <laughs> uh, I don't know, is there anything else you want to add, Carl, or... Any
1: more questions? Um, I can't think of any more questions. A big thank you for coming on the show and hanging out with us.
2: Yeah, really happy to yeah. connect with you both again. Um, yeah, virtually, we'll have to hang out again sometime soon, and maybe we we'll, maybe I'll find a big tree worth uh, worth the drive for both of you to show up and mask right. up and there you go, uh, put some yeah. saws to use.
0: That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be
1: awesome.
2: Yeah, let let you run the big saw.
0: Oh, let me ask you one more thing about your woodcut uh your the coring system. do you have yeah. does that take multiple knives? Do you have to use uh, like is... the one way or
2: Oh man, so I it, it has two knives. And um, so today I got the three cores out of it. It has the first small one just like a one way would have a, a small middle cut and then the next one and then after that i scooted the whole system over a bit to try to take a third Mm -hmm. um i i'm pretty i'm pretty quick at processing green wood and so i was happy to get it to maybe save a core out of a bowl i i don't necessarily i i've been told that nesting sets aren't as as easy to sell for the money that it would be that you would sell individual bowls for it's tough to sell a five hundred dollar nesting set as opposed to you know sequential expensive bowls out of it um, I, I I would put it probably in third place between the McNaughton the one way and the woodcut. Um, it has some rigidity issues with shaking and vibrating and not having complete support. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just trying to get a core or two out, it it does the job, and I'm super happy to have it.
0: Nice, that's cool. Yeah, so far I've been happy with my one way. I've only used it a few times, but I, I'm I, you know I like it. I got no complaints.
2: Yeah, and then Glenn Lucas came out with kind of the what the the arms for the uh, the tightening arms on the the bedways, mm-hmm. where he's like a, a cheap upgrade to it but i've heard good things about that too.
0: Yeah, i saw them and then i had my friend make me some. <laughs> I DIYed them. I was like, "Hey man, check this out. Think you could do this for me?" And he was like, "Yeah." And like an hour later, he was like, "Here, i have these things done." So he came and dropped them off.
2: Yeah. I i am i am very very amateur. I've I guess this is bowl number 2 i've cored out at home. Um uh, before that if i have anything big uh i take it over to kevin hicks home he has a big um powermatic that he would that we would use and he has i think most all the knives for the one-way system and he knows what he's doing so it's efficient
0: yeah i was looking at that one first but i ended up going with the one way mm-hmm. like glenn has a great video like it's like a whole probably hour hour and a half long demo i bought that before i started even using the coring system yeah. It's all about how to use the one way, how to set it up, how to sharpen the carbide tip, all that stuff. So, hmm. yep, yep, awesome. Yeah, you, do you have anything else to add, Kevin? Any other no, questions I, you want us to ask you?
2: No, this was great. I I had lots of input. Um, yeah, if you have questions, I that that's been one of the neat things about. Well, the Instagram community, I think that's a good safe place where there's not a whole lot of drama or politics as opposed to other platforms out there. It's just, here's a picture of something I made. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been able to meet cool friends from around the world, honestly. I've been able to connect with people that I otherwise probably wouldn't be or these people that I put on this pedestal. And, you know, honestly, a lot of people that had taken a class from me or would like to someday or something like that, uh we've been able to chat and connect and answer questions or solve problems uh, a lot of people if, if you want to buy your first chainsaw and want to talk to somebody or don't know where to start maybe i can help with uh, some direction or want to get into wood turning. i wish that years ago i would have just spent the hundred dollars and taken a class mm-hmm. i didn't know that there were places you could really do that but i think that would have saved me years of figuring out how to use tools, just okay. trying to figure it out myself. Um, Instagram is a good place that you could reach. I think I heard on a an interview um, one time, I forget who it was with, but he was talking about Instagram, where, you know, it suggested I suggest that you reach over across the aisle to someone that you feel you're on the same level with, someone below that maybe is younger at, at this than you are, and then reach up, and you can reach out to connect with and ask questions and and give some feedback to people that you really admire, and th- there's room for everybody at the top. Um, getting better at this and making bigger and better stuff. And it's cool to help other people be a part of that too.
0: Heck yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's one thing I love about the social media. There's a lot of things I don't love about it, but one thing I do love is <laughs> being able to help people. Yeah. yeah. Answering yeah. questions and stuff like that. Well, so that's if, really cool. Yeah. If that's it, I think we'll probably call it a show there. Uh, thanks again, Kevin, for joining us. And then uh, thank you to everybody out there listening. If anyone's interested in supporting the show, you can check out patreon.com WTA podcast. You can find a way to support the show and help keep it rolling. Uh, also, check out WTA podcast.com. You can find the show notes there, links to everything we mentioned, uh, how to find Kevin, as well as uh, Carl and I on our social medias and uh until next time keep those shavings flying we'll see you guys later see ya
2: bye
1: yeah not all prim and proper (laughs) like on the videos